Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and continue our Pathways to Presence series, um, talking about this idea of centering prayer and um, going going through Open Mind, Open Heart uh, by Thomas Keating. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nettie at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is where you can find other episodes of this podcast or whichever podcatcher you found this episode on. Uh, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to find David's book of haiku poetry, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. You can also check out, go to YouTube to find a American Sign Language version if you just search Dreamwalker Way. And we also have a Kindle version of Desolate Beauty. Uh, please download that. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. <laughs> the radio. David radio. <laughs> radio Free New Mexico. <laughs> he's uh he's back in the studio. <laughs> Here we are. David Morrison. <laughs> Limping back in. He's uh he dragged his what is it left leg through the door and sat in his chair after Defending his WWF title in a in a ladder match, an officially right. sanctioned ladder match. The ladder one, <laughs> actually the floor one. Yeah, the floor, the floor one. But since it can't, Saltado tile. It was a Saldate. What do they call those tiles? Hard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> the tile floor one. For those that don't know, uh, David was working or not working on, but. Replacing smoke detectors, yeah, replacing the, the battery. Our ceilings are, I think, uh, 15 feet? feet, 15 feet. Yeah, they're like not quite a two-story house, but uh, they're way up there, man. Cathedral ceilings. And uh, he slipped off the ladder and dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, slapped and down hard. It's in the you... name, trying to be safe by putting smoke alarms up and... <laughs> Safety up. first. You kept telling the doctors and nurses that. <laughs> Safety, Safety first. first. <laughs> Sprained your ankle and your knee real bad. <clears throat> yeah, so my ankle is... Nothing was broken except for a small fracture in the shoulder. Which is common for which, dislocated. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, and then I guess a, a, a super sprained ankle and knee. Yeah, your knee had a huge, like an incredible bruise right on the t- top. Yeah. You know? Anytime you'd move it, it pain. It definitely hurts. Yeah, and we're not even two weeks removed, right? Yeah, and bruises it's are Friday. still forming. Yeah, your shoulder, you're not your shoulder, later. but your bicep is. Yeah. It was very dark, strange to see your purple. shoulder, to see my shoulder in front of me, if you. Yeah, like the well, the in way my peripheral vision, yeah, more, it was, very it was like slunched or yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. So, luckily, I take, Marcia noticed that it was 
it was out. Yeah. So that because you would have been, hey, buddy, let me get you up yeah, off the let me floor. Help you, <laughs> let me help you up, man. <laughs> do oh, that's do way right. More my hand was all sliced open yeah, too. That, I forgot about that. Blood was all over my palms. To, did those yeah, close up? Healing. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to show me his Can't palm and lift up my arm, lift up his shoulder again. Um, I can only comb the right side of my head. Oh yeah, because I can't use my left arm. <laughs> so so yeah, the, it's kind of spiritually speaking. I guess the monk's ladder. I was ascending. I was actually trying to descend, and yeah. I was actually trying to turn around and descend. Turn around, <laughs> yeah, gimpy leg, <laughs> and the ladder wanted to dance and started rocking left and right. And down I went. And down. So I guess I'm a fallen. I'm a fallen monk. <laughs> Fell off. And Fell so, off Jacob's ladder. So life. in the in the monk's tradition, I'd be in hell. Uh, in the contemporary <laughs> version, I'm I'm in New Mexico, I guess. <laughs> and it's been the way it's been the last two weeks, heat wise. Might as well oh, be yeah, hell. It's been, uh, yeah, 104. <laughs> Which I don't. I don't mind, but I got. I think I got. Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite today because I I can't, I can't stop sweating. Mm. I have to cut off my hair. Maybe you have a little cold or something. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel normal, but just I've been sweating. Even a I took a cold. shower to try to cool off. Anyways, um, well, welcome back. Yeah. Get well. Get well soon. I'm not on pain medication, so I can't be. Uh, I can't excuse myself for any, <laughs> any theological any bullshittery <laughs> that I utter. It's all, I'm responsible for everything I say. I'm uh, properly caffeinated. So yeah, anything I say, yeah, I can't, I can't we'll, blame on. We'll roll it and see what happens. Um, so this is actually going to post at the end of the month. We're recording this July 6th. It'll post July 25th. Continue our um, series, uh, Pathways to Presence, Chapter 7 in our guidebook. Open mind, open heart. Um, I, the the title of this chapter really caught caught my attention: the birth of spiritual attentiveness. Um, yeah, and it's it's funny because so the episode that comes out before this um, is the one we talked about navigating isolation. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and we actually talked quite a bit about this idea of like um, spiritual achievement hmm. in that. Um, and so it's funny that this, the, the beginning of this chapter kind of talks about that idea of effort, but not effort in the sense of that we think about it as yeah. the Western society. Um, and so maybe you could just lead us off with that uh, sort of your take on that idea of making yourself um, receptive Versus making yourself, you know, putting your ego and your will into yeah. this idea of centering prayer. And, and we'll just kind of explore it from there. Yeah, it's, I, I think I've, it's a, it's a definitely a major theme in my life. And I'm sure I've brought this up many times on the podcast, the, the willfulness versus willingness uh, is a huge, huge thing. If you can adopt a posture if you can trans if you can pivot uh i was gonna make a sports analogy <laughs> i'm not gonna do that now <laughs> i'll spare everybody <laughs> but if you can pivot from willfulness 
Uh, I will myself to seek God. Mm-hmm. I will myself to to read the Bible, to pray, to and, and some of be that helpful. might be be helpful early on. Yeah, it's definitely a part of the discipleship yeah, process for sure. It Absolutely. was for me for sure. But if you can make a pivot from that, from effort to effortless living, you know, mm-hmm. to steal from the Tao tradition, really, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Zen too. I'm not a Zen head, but I read a lot of the poetry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, which is another in Christian translation would be the grace of God, mm. uh, which is, you know, it's not the fruit of your effort. It's, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, John Wimber used to give a crude analogy and because it was crude, I liked it. And it <laughs> and, stuck and with I, me. And I don't know where it's going, but I already know I'll like it. <laughs> but he, but he's, you know, he's, he would, you know, he grew up in Southern California when there used to be orchards everywhere, but okay. now there's Disneyland and warehouses. Yep. And he would talk about, you know, we'd, we would hear in the backyard, springtime, late uh, summer, we would hear the, the peach trees just groaning and struggling and making all kinds of painful noises to produce peaches. <laughs> and, and he was like, you don't remember that? He's like, either do I, because they don't. That's amazing. And so they, they simply create the fruit. Now that's as Tao as you can get, right? For sure. That yeah, can, for sure. Uh, which is, which is the grace of the kingdom of God, uh, effortless effort. And so you, so you, you pivot from where it's your action and you're trying to, and you're, and you're putting your intention forward and, uh, to be holy, I'm going to be holy mm-hmm. to a, a more, uh, receptive stance, uh, of, of saying, no, this is already done. God is doing this. It's always happening. Uh, that kind of thing. So. And, yeah. and one of the things that caught my attention in this, in this, uh, this chapter was this idea, two things really. And, and, um, God is, is attempting to, what did, what was it? Something to the effect of approach us from 360 yeah. degrees, yeah. you know? And so in my mind, I like to think like, Oh, the way I pray or the way I meditate or what, what I'm reading or listening to yeah. is that's how God's approaching me. But in fact, those are just, one degree, those are single yeah. degrees of the full spectrum. There's ways that I couldn't even imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. And then this idea of, oh, because I can get obsessed with time, but this idea of, he says it's something to the effect that God, there's a billion attempts that God is approaching you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so you can't, you can't miss the per, quote unquote perfect timing of, communing yeah. with God because it, it just, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing yeah. and to just make yourself receptive in ways where it could happen, right? Like cultivating yeah. the possibility. Be, be open to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like the poem we read last night, the wild geese. Mm, yeah, exactly. By Mary Oliver. She says, you know, the, the wild geese are overhead, uh, announcing harshly mm. announcing over and over again, your place in the family of things. Mm. And so, you know, whether you notice it or not, mm. or whether you, but they are over and over, everything around you is announcing your place in the family of things. And well, yeah, and, and it's the contradiction, it's the paradox. It's not so much a contradiction. Uh, it might seem like a contradiction when you're like emotionally working level. through this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yes, it does say seek first the kingdom of God. And everything else will, you know, 
come come its way, or in the Jewish scriptures, uh, seek me with all your heart, mm. you know. But then there's there's the other side of the coin, which is uh, Jesus in in the Gospel of John. Uh, you didn't choose me; I chose you. Mm. Uh, God is love, and and God can never be anything but love. So it has nothing to do with your response or lack of response. God will always be that, mm-hmm. and uh, God is always the 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 attraction of love uh, in the universe and outside of the universe, and uh, yeah, and and has it just will always be that way, and so. Well, and and that idea of love, um, you know, part of the part of the reading today, they talked about having to use these words of like passion, um, yeah. you know what I mean, like embrace, you know, God embracing us and things of that nature, to really try to articulate this love that you're talking about. That at the end of the day, you actually can't articulate, right? Like you right. can, you can come close to it. You can, you can approach yeah. what it's, what it is or what, how it feels or what it means or all these, all these things that our human brain can comprehend, but it's still, you know, it approaches it, but it never, never hits it. Yeah. The less words, the better. Mm. And so, you know, I'll just use an, an even cruder example. Yeah. It's popular right now and toxic levels of culture for uh, young men to announce themselves on social media as alpha males. <laughs> and if you have to say that you are, then you are announcing your own insecurity is what you're doing. <laughs> and you're announcing that you're just an asshole. Uh, and, you know, well, it's, and, and what did your, and, and everyone is asking, what did your mama do to you? You poor bastard. You well, know, it's, so. it's, it's similar in our tradition when people are going around announcing themselves as mystics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the, same, the next step. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, I'm a thing. shaman. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, you, you have a uh, 20 year old, uh, suburbanite. I'm a shaman. Okay. And it's like, no, actually you're not because yeah. you just said you are. And, I remember, uh, well, I should keep it super vague. A conference that you and I were a part of at one point, there was someone going around. I don't know how many times they said, they said it at least once, but talking about how they're a mystic. And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that seems yeah. iffy. No, thanks. <laughs> that seems a little iffy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and it's the same with announcing yourself as a Christian. <clears throat> well, I think it goes for anything. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I think like, if you are what you are, then... It will mm-hmm. most definitely come out. It'll be evident. Yeah. But if you're trying to do it, again, effort mm-hmm. and trying to, it becomes awkward. You become a, you're just more of a pain in the ass to people than you are helpful. Yeah. Well, it, so, I mean, it goes to, you and I have talked about it on some of the different stuff, but in the recovery world, this idea of attraction rather than promotion. Exactly. Once, once you start promoting, it's like, uh, at least for me, yeah. I get kind of, I get, I, I, I'm skeptical anyways, but once you have to start promoting yourself as something, exactly. um, it's like, okay, well, that, that, that might be the case, but it also might not be. And just, just sort of start watching, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. if, if you've embraced, well, the whole, any of them, alpha male, mystic, shaman, like if you, if that is truly in your DNA and who the person you are, yeah, it'll just, it'll just come out of, you know what I mean? It'll just be part yeah. of your, your, the way you navigate the world and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, another analogy would be something like out here, shade, you know, here in the desert southwest, shade is a 
is more valuable than gold. It's a, yeah, it's a commodity, <laughs> baby. Because it could save your life, right? Literally <laughs> save Literally, your life. Yeah. And so a giant mesquite mound doesn't, you know, it does what it does. It grows. Mm. It doesn't think to itself, I have the intention, I have the desire to give shade and save someone's save life lives, someday. Yeah. What I do saves lives. Yeah. No, the, the tree just stays rooted in its thing and it does its its mm-hmm. thing. The mound grows around it, and then when the and then the shade appears, mm-hmm. and when someone comes along and they're and they desperately need shade, and they sit in it, the the, the mesquite doesn't say, "See, I have purpose. <laughs> I have. I did this. I positioned it myself." Puts no, the gold just, star on itself. Yeah, it just simply is. Yeah. It is simply is doing what it, it should do, and that I, I think that's what centering prayer, contemplative prayer, is 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 emphasizing. Well, and, and in that way same vein is it doesn't keep score either, right? No. Like that mesquite mound might not save ev- anyone's life. It might, you know, die as, as yeah. you know, plants do. Or it might save, you know, multiple people's lives. But it's like, it's not standing at the pearly gates telling St. Peter like, oh, well, I, you know, I saved this many lives yeah, and converted yeah. this many people to mesquite mound religion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it just, like you said, it just, it just is what it is, yeah. what it is. And it'll pass away at some point and, you know, in all intents and purposes, be forgotten, right? Yeah. I have a friend who I'm a, uh, we've known each other long enough where we could be fairly rough with each other. And and he texted me and said he, he, uh, he practiced silence for an hour and 20 minutes. And I wrote back and said, congratulations, asshole. You just failed. It's not a competition. <laughs> and then he didn't write me back. <laughs> but we'll, we'll circle back oh, around and, right, you know, yeah, yeah. And, he'll, and he'll call me out on my bullshittery. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, that's, I mean, that's what good friends, good friends are for, right? So, to fucking, yeah. <laughs> to remind us of our not, well, it's, you know, and it, what, what is the, it just reminds me of that scripture verse. Once you announce it, that's your reward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Job, you win. It's time to take that shit seriously. You know, that that's those sayings of Jesus are the ones that are taken completely ignored. ignored and, you know, that's nice, Jesus. Good, know, like, good, good job, Jesus. Yeah, but Let's, no, we're not listening to that. The, real, the kingdom of God really is the, the radical subversion of meritocracy. And meritocracy mm. is the way of the world that we're all. It doesn't matter what if if you're in an Amazonian tribe mm. with no contact with the with the so-called modern world, mm-hmm. or whether you grew up in a you know a, a expensive uh, mansion in London, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the rents are the most expensive. It, meritocracy is 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 what needs to be subverted within us. Well, and uh, I can't remember. It was one of our recent episodes, but we talked about that idea of of um, in fact, it might just be the one that was released last week, but that idea of um, accepting God's unconditional love. Yeah. You just, you, it's it, a radical thing. Yeah. It's, it's not a, you know, it's not a, it's, um, you don't earn it, right? Like it's not. No. And, and anyone can experience it the same, you know, the same thing as the, the person that's never experienced quote unquote modern times or, you know, the person growing up in London. Yeah. Um, which I think has the most expensive rents in the world, right? I, London? I have no idea. I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe New York um, City. Well, San Francisco's probably up there oh, too. Oh, yeah. Those three, those three, those three are all <laughs> competing for it, competing for the title. Um, the rents are too damn high. 
<clears throat> well, I saw set a profit. I, <laughs> I saw a thing. It might be total BS, but this lady lives in South Carolina and commutes to New York City for a job because it's cheaper yeah. to rent in South Carolina and fly up. I, I, she has to be at work yeah. like, one or, like physically in the building one or two days a week and then flies back to South Carolina because it's just cheaper to live that yeah, way. Yeah, I saw. I just saw Peter Zion. Um, he's, he's my geopolitical guy. I got, oh, yeah, a, yeah, I got yeah. a geopolitical yeah, 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 yeah. guy. And he was talking exactly about that. That, that's, that that's very common now since the pandemic. That's crazy. So there's, yeah, there are people living who left New York City and yeah. now are commuting because it's cheaper than staying there. It's, That's fucking The wild. rents are too damn high. And that, that goes across the board, spiritually, religiously, culturally. The rents mm, are too mm, damn yeah. high. I forgot the guy. The, he was, the he was a guy who ran for governor of New York, and that was his platform. That was his slogan. That's the only thing he would answer. The rents are too <laughs> damn high. Um, well, and one of the, so one of the, and we didn't talk about this before. I mean, we talked about talking about it, but, the Canaanite woman that Jesus interacts with, it, it comes up in this chapter. Should, yeah, yeah. Should I read it for people that aren't familiar with it? Yeah, probably should. Okay, She's also called the Syrophoenician woman. Yeah, I didn't know how to say Canaanite that word. So. Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Syrophoenician meaning she was from a Gentile region called Tyre, T-Y-R-E, which was opposed to, I'll give a quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was opposed to Ga the Galilee region, which was pre predominantly Jewish. And, and, and I read uh, once that the Galileans despised the people in that region because... Uh, the Galileans being the Jewish right, section. Despised of this Gentile district of Tyre because they uh, controlled the food distribution mm. in the greater region. So Galileans were you know, starving in a lot of ways. Which is... Yeah, exactly. Good and background so here's this, this woman. Story. Yeah, she's not Jewish. So, uh, Phoenicia would be North Africa, and, and then Syria would be in the Asian Asiatic area, and so she's a, yeah she's a non-Jewish person. So yeah. So I'm reading the part from Matthew 15. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. <clears throat> Jesus left that place and went off to the territory near the cities of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman who lived in the region came to him. Son of David, she cried out, have mercy on me, sir. My daughter has a demon as in, and is in a terrible condition. But Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples came to him and begged him, send her away. She is following us and making all the noise. Then Jesus replied, I have, I have been sent only to the lost sheep of the people of Israel. At this, the woman came and fell at his feet. Help me, sir, she said. Jesus answered, isn't it right to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs? Damn. I, I said that wrong. <laughs> cool. Jesus answered, it isn't right to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Savage, man. <laughs> hardcore. What a dude. dick. Hardcore Jesus, baby. <laughs> Macho man Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what a dickhead Jesus, man. Um, she replies, that's true, sir. But even the dogs eat the leftovers that fall from their master's table. Damn. So Jesus answered her, you are a woman of great faith. What you want will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was healed. So she says, yeah, my daughter's in a terrible condition. She's demon possessed, or as we like to call them, teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> help me. I prayed that. Oh, God, help me. I have a teenager. 
teenager. I don't know what to do. One time I was in, we were just so frustrated. And I was in line at, at Walmart. This was right before you had to check yourself out. You know, they had oh, when you when you actually still interacted with <laughs> yeah, someone. Yeah, it was like yeah. right before that era where you had to do your own stuff. So there's a couple of people behind us, and it was like a Wednesday night, and, and I was buying a box of wine, like you know <laughs> box those boxes, of wine. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and and the checkers goes, you you want a you want a bag with that? And I was all, no, I don't care who sees. And I lifted it up <laughs> to the people behind. And I said, I've got a teenage daughter, and they were all like, oh hell yeah, drink we, that whole box. We get it. <laughs> we understand your 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 plight. But yeah, that's a profound story. Uh, I'll let you, whatever. No, I, I, I. So, so how does I, it? Yeah. So how does it relate to it, contemplative prayer? He, so he ties it into yeah. John of the Cross is she's yeah. in the night of sense, where where it feels like a, a general. This isn't for everybody. You know, this isn't everybody's experience, but it is a common experience. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have this experience, and you're listening to this. That doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a common experience is you'll begin. You'll begin the process of praying and putting your intentionality out, and 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 you'll have very strong senses of of God's presence and love, and it'll you might have emotional experiences, you might have physical healing kinds of, mm-hmm. you might have visions, you might have all kinds of crazy shit all can go so, all down, all sorts of experiences, and then all of a sudden it'll just it's like the the lid comes down on it and it stops and and God is silent and no longer speaking to mm-hmm. you and and He ghosts you, God ghosts you, and you're like, what the hell? That's called the night of sense, um, and and so, and that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. In either. most in most Christian traditions, they will tell you that you right, sinned, right, right. yeah, especially but, Protestants. But it's that is actually not the yeah. case. Yeah, a Catholic priest would tell you, uh, just go to mass, you'll be all right. Keep, keep going. going. A Protestant would say, no, this the problem is not on the problem is not on God's side, right. son. It's yours. Right. It's your fault. You you've got secret sin down. in your life. You haven't believed. You haven't. They love that guilt. Uh, they're even more. They out they out guilt the Catholics on that one. <laughs> Which is pretty hard to do. That is pretty hard to do. Uh, and so, um, and so, yeah. So she, this is the process of her pushing through that, uh, to that seemingly silent God when God is silent and ghosting you. And uh, there's a lot more going on in the story. Well, and I, I think, yeah, and I think we can talk about it. I, I, I think, yeah, kind of coupled with that idea of of out guilting them. That that kind of has shown up in the yeah. disciples, where they're like, "Hey, hey, let's get rid of her. She's yeah, she's yeah. making a ruckus." Like, and really, this story is about that. Yeah, it's really about him training his disciples. That's what he's really doing here. Uh, I mean, he's doing a lot of other things, yeah. but uh, but yeah, some contemporary theologians would say Jesus had to learn mm-hmm. from the Spirit, and it's a process. I, I don't think so in this case because he makes statements earlier in that gospel mm-hmm. that is pro-Gentile. Okay. Going out. So it's not, it doesn't seem like he's learning, mm-hmm. uh, though I'm not close to that idea. I'm not, you know, against it. Uh, but I think the one that attracts me is that he's being a trickster mm-hmm. here. And so you, you, uh, you know, like his, his teaching styles is, were usually parables, exactly. which is a trickster yeah. style of, of, you draw people in mm-hmm. and you affirm their their preconceived notions 
and you build them and up and then you yank them. the ladder out yeah. and they and they come tumbling <laughs> <Hey>, down. <laughs> and they hit the tile. Uh, an example would be you'd say the kingdom of God is like and and uh like a certain tree, and they and they're all thinking the cedar of Lebanon, mm. the Jewish audience mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is in the Psalms, which is the national tree of Israel, and so he's going to make a pro-Israel uh, nationalistic statement here, and then he goes is like the mustard seed, which is an <laughs> unclean, and it's not even a tree; it's a weed. I didn't. It's know a it little was, brush. It's just a little. I didn't realize it was un, it was considered unclean. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You're supposed to have it in Jewish gardens, apparently. That's amazing. That might be a preaching uh, hyperbole there, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, tr- uh, birds aren't going to be building nests yeah, yeah, in exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a legit tree. So, he, so he builds up their confidence in their own worldview, and then he lets it crash down. So, I think that's exactly what he's doing here. Um, and he's so kind he, of feeding into the disciple. Yeah, he's speaking idea. their attitude towards the Gentiles. Yeah. And so he's demonstrating it here. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, and it makes sense. Her region is hoarding the food for the greater region, and Galileans are, are starving. Mm-hmm. Literally. And, and he says it's not right to give the crumbs. Or, or it's not right to give the bread to the... Oh, I forget how he says it. <laughs> give the bread to the... The dogs. That belongs to the children, to yeah. the dogs. So he calls her a dog, which, you know, in that everybody knows in that culture, even then and now, to call someone a dog. He calls, he, let me just say it, I'll, I'll contemporize it. He says, it's not right to let the bitches come to the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> you brought your bitch <laughs> to, the, to the, waffle? the Waffle House? You brought your bitch <laughs> to the Waffle House. That's basically, so it's shocking to us. Of course. To them, he's just he's just repeating what they already believe. Yeah. And so he's building up. So they they feel he's like, oh, this guy's on our team. Yeah, he's on our team. He's yeah, validating yeah. us. Finally, finally, he's saying what needs to be said. He's saying the the our silent sav- parts out loud. Our savior. He just here. says what he's beginning to say. What uh, <laughs> what needs to be said, yeah. right? You know, he make Israel great again. <laughs> and so, and then he, and then he he. He releases it from her, and she—he must have known something in the eye contact with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this this woman, she's got the. She's the, legit. Yeah, I think the word is chutzpah. You know, <laughs> she's got the ganas. She's got the. She's got it. Uh, she's the it girl. She's gonna. She's gonna uh, knock on heaven's door, kind of thing. And and then she, yeah. So really, the story is about her, this woman, right. than it is really about Jesus. And the disciples, and then he, yeah, he loses his, he loses his shit over her, right? And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh my God. And it was the same with the centurion, you know, it's the same, it's a parallel story. And so again, uh, this is an argument in the early church, uh, is the gift of the spirit, is this gift of, of, uh, new community, uh, is it only for the Jewish believers? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the uh, huge controversy in the early right, church and right. uh, and so uh and so this is this community of matthew saying that yeah it's this is for anyone who believes who would who would tack on and say yes has nothing to do with your your merits has nothing to do and and nowadays it's not a done issue because we have the same right, kinds still, of purity call going, codes right, right, may right. not i mean they are racial but they're definitely economic economic yeah. uh but they're definitely also uh a lot of churches, what they do is uh, the church I I came from. 
that we were, uh, we considered ourselves non, we weren't like those legalistic churches that had (laughs) behavior codes, you know, (laughs) like dancing. We don't dance. We don't (laughs) chew gum. Uh, but what we did is we shifted our religious religiosity and our purity codes from behavior to beliefs, but you have to believe the right things. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, then you're not a real then you're in Christian. Yeah, yeah. You're dangerous, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of, so you, it's the same spirit. You haven't really dealt with it. Well, and I, I think too, going back to the, the woman, the fact that she knew she was an outsider amongst yeah. these people, she was still making quote unquote, making a scene. Right. Yeah. Um, and making too much noise, you know, what I mean? yeah. not going away, you know, ask, you know, having, Having the action, she had the faith, right? Like the faith yeah. was there in her heart for sure. And being able to have the the courage, I guess would actually be the better word, yeah. to engage that faith in, in a way that was, she knew she was being judged. She knew yeah. she was being looked down upon and just said, fuck it, Jesus, I need your help. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. having the humility to be like, hey, I've run out of answers. Help me out here. Yeah, it's a brilliant move. And and Jesus like, no, 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 get out of here, man. And then, so rather than, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, I, I am one of the children. I am one of the children in the house. You know, no, she owns it. She, she, she says, yeah, I know I'm a dog. And then, and then she takes that, she owns it, throws it up against the mercy of God and it explodes. Mm-hmm. And so what a, what a powerful thing to do. So when, you know, when they call you, when you have those, when the voice, and usually these voices are within you. Mm-hmm, of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't belong. You're not holy enough. You're not. You don't belong a, here. A, B, C. You haven't merited again. You've got to go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, say it again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You haven't merited this. You haven't, you haven't read the whole Bible. Why would God listen to you? Uh, kind of thing. And uh, what do you know about the Jewish scriptures? Yeah. And so you just own it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am this, but you are this. <laughs> You're bigger than that. You're bigger than my, you know, and yeah. that was a major breakthrough for me when, because a lot of times your, your, your spirituality can get lost in mm. what Dallas Willard calls sin management. You, you can fall into these uh, moralistic ruts okay. and you're just stuck. You're not going anywhere and, and you're, and you're a pain in the ass to everyone um, because you can't control your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, bullshit. So you, you start trying to control others. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and so one of the breakthroughs for me was, uh, you know, verbalizing this prayer, I would say, uh, you God are, are brighter than any darkness that I could ever participate in. Mm. And I choose to believe that is greater than the darkness in me. Uh, that your forgiveness is more profound than any sin that I could ever fall into. And so I, I look to you, you know, and so that was a major breakthrough. And then, you don't you stop getting your finger off that pulse, you know, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do a moral inventory and how you treat people, especially in that realm. Mm-hmm. How are you treating people? But these other things, the, the nickel and diming of, uh, Oh, I had dirty thoughts, you know, or, uh, well, yeah. And, and I think to, Part, it, it, it sort of, I don't know, it might, maybe, maybe it's a snake eating its own tail, but in order for me to not care about what other people are doing in the sense of like, I need to control them. Yeah. I have to look at myself and see where I'm nickel and diming myself. Right. Yeah. It's always the and same. 
And then, you know what I mean? By being of service to other people, I can, it's funny how I can be, uh, what's it, what would be the word? Extend grace to other people that I don't extend grace to myself at times, but by, by being of service to someone else, I can see like, oh, why don't I treat myself that way? Right. And so it's, yeah. a, it's just sort of this ev evolutionary type of thing where it's like, you know, some of the things I say to myself, you know, I would never say to my friends, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like the harshness I have on myself and it's like trying to like ease up on that of like being like, okay, well, would you say that, you know, like, would I say something like that to you, to David? No, yeah. I probably wouldn't. So why am I saying it to myself? You know what I mean? And and especially in situations where it's not, where it is a nickel and dime thing, right? Like right. it's like, oh, I didn't work as many hours today as I wanted to, or I didn't quote unquote accomplish the things I needed yeah. to. And it's like, well, you know, whatever, like there's tomorrow and, and you might not get it done tomorrow either. And, and but, you know, what, what needs to be done will be done. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it's all about this particular story is really about what she what she eats that's what that's why she's being i mean there's there's racial components to it as well right but but it's you know it's it comes down to you know the purity code of, of what you eat because mm. he gets into an argument with the pharisees right before that story okay about you know it's not it's it's not what goes into your mouth that makes you unclean it's what comes out of your mouth <laughs> that makes you unclean and uh and he's not talking about cussing or whatever yeah I mean, maybe he is, but I know that his word is more pure than any filthy words that could ever come out of my mouth. <laughs> and, and if I'm a mess, I'm his mess. Yeah. Uh, anyway. yeah, right. uh, and so, yeah, so, so that is still relevant today. The, the, the weirdness that's around eating and food and uh, how, how bizarre we get, right? How well, superstitious almost we get. And you know, I, would I, I can't drink a Coca-Cola. That's... What I would say with all this stuff, with prayer, meditation, yeah, are you we, praying the right way? What you, we eat, yeah, yeah. Um, how you know how we talk. Uh, are you praying out of the right chakras? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those things can get very weird and and superstitious, and, yeah. and uh, I'm not gonna. I, well, almost cult like sometimes, right? Absolutely, like it, it, it can get to a point where it's really, really almost like a cult following, and. Um, and one of the other, well, not, yeah, one of the other things that jumped out to me in this chapter was, um, it's kind of going back to this idea of just making yourself receptive, but this idea of control, right? Like trying to control, you know, and I yeah. think it, it couples with what we're talking about. You know, if, if you're not yeah. eating the right thing, it's, it's cause of lack of control. If you're not praying the right way, it's right, right. either ignorance or you just not willing to do, you know so on and so forth. And uh, the reason this part of the chapter jumped out to me is me, my sister and I were having a conversation yesterday um, and it was in the context of work, but like trying to control those around you and, and how crazy making that can be. Yeah. Um, and then reading it this morning in, in, um, in this chapter of like, oh, I can make myself crazy. It's crazy making sometimes for me in my spiritual or religious life too, where I yeah. started thinking like, Oh, I got to pray this way and eat that way and right. meditate this way and live a contemplative life this way. And, and, um, and just start judging myself for it. Right. Right. Um, whereas 
you know, it, it, in this chapter, it's put out like, oh, no, actually, that's not that's just your ego trying to play the, the yeah, same old yeah. games in a, in a religious way. And so that's exactly right. Um, there's one last point I, I would like us to, to venture down. But before I go there, is there anything else from this chapter that uh, sort of caught your attention or jumped out to you? No, it's just that it's just that exchange, you know, when you hit those those times you're you're uh, of God ghosting you. Mm. Uh don't give up on the grace and mercy of God. And the way you do that is is continually to realize that the grace and mercy of God is never giving up on you. Yeah. And this goes beyond this life. Uh it's, this is infinite. This is forever. And everything around you is announcing that again, like the Mary Oliver poem. Yeah. Uh, the wild geese are announcing harshly, and I forgot what the other word she said, harshly and awkwardly or something. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and if you've ever been around geese, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know how harsh and awkward Yeah, I prefer them high up in the air <laughs> exactly. on the ground. The and, and I think part of that too, of what you're saying is, is this idea of... Um, your feelings aren't necessarily necessarily reality. So right. when you're having the ecstatic and the quote unquote good feelings around your um, spiritual life or your, your religious practices or however you want to word it, don't get attached to that in the same way as when you have this uh, feeling of detachment or God has abandoned you. Yeah. It's, it's not the reality of the case. Neither one, both of them are realities in the sense that your feelings, that's what yeah. you're feeling in the moment. That is real, but that's not the end all be all. Yeah. As exactly. far as if you're doing something quote unquote right or wrong, or, you know, it's just like, yep, you wake up another day and you have the ecstatic experience and, and you enjoy that while you're, yeah. while it's happening and you keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I, it's happened to me yeah, it's quite very, often where it, it's like, I feel detached. Yeah. And, and you just accept that as detachment and you recognize it because it's very easy. You could get addicted to centering prayer. You can mm -hmm. become, and you begin to use it as a, an escape from just living your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have to do that, you do, I mean, it might be better than drinking, Right, or, escape, or, or, or shooting heroin. Yeah, or, or killing baby rabbits or something, you <laughs> right. know. Uh, going off for half an hour and being still, you know, it's, it could be a lot worse things you could do. For sure. So I'm not, you know, but uh, but you can't, yeah, you can't, again, say I'm, I'm really getting somewhere. I'm the know? most religious guy ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus... Jesus, he knows me and he knows I'm right, to quote yeah. Phil Collins. Yeah, once you, yeah, once you are saying, you know, Jesus told me this and it's right, you're yeah. probably, well, it's going back to that announcing thing we were talking about at the beginning of yeah. the podcast. And I saw another thing, someone somewhere, that if your love and your devotion to Jesus makes you contradict your love for neighbor, then go with the love for the neighbor. Mm, uh, that's interesting you know and so because it's just that's just your mm -hmm. it's just the bullshit in your mind right uh, I'm close people that say I'm really drawing close to God once they've said it yeah so, <laughs> well actually you're not <laughs> um so the last thing I wanted to 
to touch on was the you know the last two pages were like the David Morrison. <laughs> it seemed like it was written just for you <laughs> when he starts talking about the charismatic movement. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was like, oh damn, this is this is right up David's alley. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I guess, and we've talked about it in the past, but it it just the way he he brought it in at the end, I thought it was super important. Um, but maybe you could just uh, reiterate sort of how your charismatic your time in the charismatic movement has informed your contempl- your contemplative life and the other way too, how your contemplative life has further informed your charismatic um, life and yeah. sort, of, sort of how they've, because um, he makes it very clear that they, they're both necessary and, and part of this yeah. um, evolution or, or lifestyle or whatever you might have. And I'm just sort of interested you know, sort of your your uh, pitch or experience, so to speak, with them informing each because they don't. To me, it's not obvious they inform each other, right? Um, yeah, they see but, the, the opposites, mm-hmm. right? They're yin and yang for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so so the charismatic experience would encourage you to seek after experiences with God. Uh, you want to prophesy, you know. So when I was seventeen and became convinced that these experiences and these gifts of the spirit, like prophecy, mm-hmm. healing, speaking in tongues, all those things, um, of uh, receiving visions, mm. having ecstatic experiences, lively, lively expression in worship, uh, singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I was like uh, Marsha Brady when she signed up for all the <laughs> she signed up for all the clubs. I'm right. using a very old analogy there. <laughs> yeah. There used to be this show called The Brady, Brady Bunch, Bunch baby. that came out before I was even born, <laughs> and I was born like a billion years ago. So, but yeah, so, so she wanted to become popular, so she she signed up for every club in the in the, and then created a, a Marsha Brady mess, you know, because mm-hmm. overcommitted. So I, I was kind of that way. I want to, yes, I want to experience it. Yes, I want to experience that. I want to, you know, and, uh, and I loved, again, John Wimber would quote uh, Corinthians where Paul gives instructions to the Corinthian church and says, uh, let all things be done in an orderly way. Mm. Uh, and then, but he would say the emphasis is on let all things, uh, all things uh, be done. Interesting. Sure, put some order to it, but let all things be done. Whereas most Instead people interpret that as- yeah, most people interpret that as, well, in order to be orderly, you have to restrict everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we were, so I, I kind of, you know, That's that was amazing. a dangerous thing to tell an 18-year-old, right? And so uh, <laughs> on a cassette tape <laughs> that I heard. And um, and so, yeah, so so there's that, there, that's the one thing. You want to experience the presence of God and and... And these are common experiences listed in, not just in in uh, the Bible, but they're they're listed in 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 people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I was attracted to that, and I wanted, to, and so I sought those things out, uh, and 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 of course, you know, I didn't have a pure heart in that. I don't know mm-hmm. what a pure heart is. Right. So I so I even said it doesn't matter if my motivations are pure. I trust that God will. Mm. We'll, we'll purge that out we'll and he does yeah, yeah i was yeah, right yeah. about that yeah god will he, definitely sort yeah, it out for you the, the experience of the cross will definitely do that mm-hmm. um and then there and then the contemplative but then it, you just hit a wall with the charismatic experience what are you going to do experience more and more mm-hmm. and more 
what do you do after that? You know, which, which kind of buys into consumerism, right? Yeah, this exactly. More, 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 more. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, we we it's just ingrained in us, at least in America, that the economy is only good if it's expanding and expanding and expanding. Mm-hmm. Well, what about what if it just stays stagnant? What about that? Mm-hmm. Our our population isn't growing. Mm-hmm. You know, our population is not expanding. And yeah, so, if you look at nature, it's not always so, uh, growing yeah, and growing you know, and growing, right? And can't, you know, a cancer tumor is a kind mm-hmm. of a bad thing, right, yeah, if it's exactly. expanding and growing. So we, we just always have this more is always better mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, When it goes back to that meritocracy, too, yeah. of accomplishing more and more and more. And then there comes a point where your ego takes over and you over-identify with mm-hmm. these giftings. Okay. And so you go around and say, I'm a prophet. Uh, I had wise. I'm a mystic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we had wise enough elders when I was young to, they would not go that far. A lot of Pentecostal traditions will, mm. they'll take on that. I'm a, I'm a prophet. Okay. They'll put it on their business cards. <laughs> they do. I believe I'm, I'm an apostle. I'm a, I'm a healer. And, and our, our little tradition in the local church that I grew up in, we would not allow ourselves and vineyard too, mm-hmm. would not, would not use those titles. Mm-hmm. They'd say you're, you're functioning prophetically, yes, but you're not, you know. You, That's you not who you are. You don't need to go around saying you're a yeah. prophet. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and that, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I do too. And so there comes a point where you over-identify with these giftings and, and, they, and they become very random. And so sometimes they work and sometimes they don't <laughs> and you don't know why. Uh, and you can come up with reasons why and you can gaslight people and mm-hmm. wound people, which often happens. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, th- so then you're stuck in this room and then there's a door. So you're stuck in this room with all these treasures and you've looked at every treasure and, and you're just stuck in this room. And then all of a sudden, 10 years sitting in this room, you realize there's a door that says contemplation, mm-hmm. contemplative living. And you're like, oh, I never noticed that door before. Uh, because right, the teacher doesn't appear till the mm-hmm. student is ready. And- well, and also... If using your analogy, if you're surrounded by treasures, your focus is going to be yeah, focused yeah. on that, and and a door is gonna it's going to see too mundane to yeah. <laughs> to acknowledge. Yeah, and eventually, as as the prophet Alanis Morissette said, your treasures, you know, you you have ten thousand spoons, but all you need is a knife, right? <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> it is ironic, don't you? Is it ironic though? It's not specific. No, it's bad no, luck. Uh, yeah, most of the examples she gives. Yeah, that's not actually ironic, bad luck. But anyway, who cares? <laughs> you can't use that song in an English right. English t- uh, teaching context unless it's a bad analogy. There you go. There you oh. go. But anyway, uh, and so you go through that door, and and so now you've you've spent ten years seeking after these gifts and operating in these gifts, and now you're invited to. Uh, to not be so identified with them mm. and to lay them down. And then like Keating says in the chapter, the more, uh, the more uh, 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 of a released attitude that you have, and uh, what else, what I'm looking for? Uh, detached. Detached, that's yeah. what I'm, The more detached attitude you have towards the, the pretty little things of God, the more they, they become actual tools mm. and they're working through you, with, again, without you even being aware. And, and again, so then you're, you're like that shading, the shade in the mesquite. You're not, you're not trying hard to become that. Mm-hmm. You're just naturally supernatural at that point. Another vineyardism, um, you know, and, uh, and it's like the, the poem again last night, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Zen 
proverb, you know, the, when the geese fly over uh, the water, they don't intend, they don't try to, they don't, they don't have a desire to, they may not even be aware that they're casting a reflection on the water Mm -hmm. and the water itself, the river itself doesn't intend to hold on to that reflection Mm -hmm. and keep it and identify with it. Wow. That's some profound stuff, right? But to live that way is becomes, that's the contemplative way of living. So, yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because in the recovery world, we talk about, there's a, a quote from the the big book that talks about um, a spiritual toolbox or toolkit mm. yeah. being laid at your feet. You know what I mean? And and I think it's going back to what you're, you know, what Keating mentioned about these, these treasures transforming from, you know, just pretty little things to actual tools yeah. and, and, um, that's an ongoing process, right? right because it, yeah. there's so many tools out there and it, it's like, um, you know, th- at least for me, there was this hyper um, desire to want to learn e- every tool and be able to pres- quote unquote prescribe the right tool for this situation. And yeah. not only for myself, but maybe for other people around me. And then kind of as I've gotten older and, and um, you know, hopefully matured, it's like, oh, when something comes up, I'll be presented with the opportunity to know which tool, like I don't have to plan ahead, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the tool will present itself, so to speak. The door will present itself. Um, I just have to be aware that there are these spiritual tools or yeah. gifts or um, availabilities. And it doesn't have to come from me, right? Like right. someone might come to me with something they're struggling with. And the best thing I might be able to do for that person is say, I don't know, but I know this person has struggled with a similar thing. Yeah. Why don't you go talk to them? You know? or, or you're sitting with someone who's dying with has terminal cancer. You, you, all you can do is sit with them mm-hmm. and watch daytime television, you know, or get them a glass of water. It's mm-hmm. very simple. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's like Wimber again. I, I don't know why he's on my mind, but, um, uh, you know, when he first started off, you know, he had no religious mm, church background right, 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 right. and he's, uh, playing for the righteous brothers in Las Vegas. Uh, he was a saxophone player mm-hmm. and, and he's driving out in the desert. He's separated from his wife. He's got two, he's got some small kids and this is the, this is the early sixties and he's, and he just, he stops the car, I think right at sunrise in the middle of the Mojave desert. And he's just like, Oh God, if you're there, if you exist, help me. Uh, and he, and he had an awakening in his heart and then, and it didn't take too much, too much time to get back into the city. And he's like, I'm in touch with mm-hmm. the supernatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, so had he stayed there, it, it would have become regressive at some point and you end up becoming harmful to people around you. But near the end of his life, he would say, uh, you know, I'm just a fat saxophonist on his way to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's what I, and people thought it was funny, you know, uh, but now I think he meant that, you know. Well, uh, and the, the thing is, it is a, it's a funny line. It's a good yeah, line. Yeah. It's a clever line. And if that's really how you feel in your heart, that's really like, that's a beautiful place to be. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. He's not holding on to those gifts and, and the, and the roles that he played and the, you know, and the, the, the buildings that were built and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's the process. So we do start off with, I'm in touch with the supernatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, Look at, at me. me. Yeah. And then, you know, and even worse, you, you, you monetize it some way and then you introduce yourself as an Instagram influencer, mm-hmm. guru, 
a shaman. You know, that's how, yeah. it's how, insul- how insulting and, uh, and to take uh, what cultural appropriation, you know, mm. at the lowest level to do that. Um, and then, yeah, you spiritual, spiritualize your, your entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but if you continue but, on, that's where you're supposed to be. If you continue mm-hmm. on, then yeah, then you'll, you'll end up being the mesquite bush. Yeah. You'll realize how ridiculous that was, but yeah, you had to go through it to get to the, yeah. you know, the, it's like, and again, as generation X, I'm so grateful our shit's not online. <laughs> right, yeah, our shit's right, right. not recorded. <laughs> and are embarrassing. Some of mine is on cassette tape. Uh, some of that's that's still out, out there. Out in the world. But but hopefully by this point, the the little felt thing on the cassette yeah, tape has given out. Fall, yeah, and there's no record of it. Or the the uh, <laughs> the actual tape itself is eaten. It's uh, it's denigrated to such a point you can't even listen to it. Um, did you have anything else? No, it's just a it's just a great process. Just to, you know, it's a, it's a powerful thing to give yourself, like this woman did. She gave herself the hospitality uh, that she was that was not there. Mm. That's what faith is, right? And then all of a sudden, it came uh, flowing out of out of it the appeared. heart of, of Christ. Uh, and so it's yeah. And so there is that trickster element of Jesus, uh, you know, where you plays hard to get so to speak and, yeah. and it's really in the jewish rabbi rabbinic mm-hmm. tradition they'll say something very radical mm-hmm. la, 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 right and then they're really shocked and then and then they do that to they're brilliant teachers you know get your attention and, yeah yeah they're not they're not your uh epistemological teachers where they just present information in a yeah. linear way no they got to shock and buddhist buddhist practitioners do this mm-hmm. you know if you read zen stuff you know you, these these bastard, these masters, they're just total bastards. They're going mm. to, poor students, like they're, you know, meditating. <laughs> Slaps them in the back of the head with a stick. It's just like, wow, man, that master's a real dickhead. You know? Pay attention. Yeah, they're doing the, you know, and so Irish tradition too. And, uh, you know, they're just doing crazy stuff to each other. So it's, yeah, it's to shock you out of. Shocking. Uh, yeah, out of, out of your worldview. Um, cool, man. Yeah. I think we got there. Did we hit an hour? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for coming in and playing, playing injured. Yeah. I'm like a broken <laughs> grasshopper. I'm a grasshopper that got stepped on. And drug my, your ass in here. And, and my and legs all twisted and <laughs> dunked on us all. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for listening once again. Um, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Um, thank you to Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background, Monk Drums. Um, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. And uh, we will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>